my Govan, and welcome to the Tolkien Lore Channel and the Tolkien Geek. And of course, I've been reading through the nature of Middle Earth slowly, more slowly than I'd like, uh, since it came out. And there are tons of interesting tidbits, a lot of seemingly unessential stuff that is really all about Tolkien kind of trying to make his Silmarillion mythology work a little bit more if you look at it closely. But some of the stuff that he drops in there occasionally is just staggering. It tells us things that we never even thought of, or if we did think of, we never thought we'd have an answer to. And one of those is, when did all of this stuff take place in human history? Because one of the more well-known things about Tolkien's mythology is that it is supposed to be a mythology of what happened in human history, in our world. What was not known previously was exactly how long ago was this supposed to be. You know, I mean, you could have just hand-waved it and said it's just a remote prehistorical past that nobody really has any clue when it happened and who really cares. Well, apparently Tolkien cares because in The Nature of Middle-Earth he actually talks about it in a very brief comment where he's thinking about how long the race of men need to be around prior to the, you know, the release of Melkor and him coming back to Middle-Earth and basically ruining everything in order for there to be sufficient men to have, you know, have multiple different tribes, some of whom make it to Middle-Earth and meet the elves, and all of these things, not Middle-Earth, Beleriand, and meet the elves there. And in the context of trying to work this out, he drops this bomb and says, well, we're in the year 1960 of the Seventh Age, and of course he's referring to basically 1960 A.D., and... So these events in, he's basically referring to the year 310 of the First Age, and says that happened about 16,000 years ago. Bam! Suddenly we have something like a solid date for the First, Second, and Third Ages. And we can derive a lot more information from that as well. Now, of course, he never completely settled on much of anything, and this is just one of you know, those ideas that may or may not have stuck around if he had really had time to think about it. But it was a very late thought in his life. It was in 1960. He died in 1973. And as far as I can tell so far, I haven't finished reading The Nature of Middle-Earth, but I don't see any hints of a further note of any similar import that would give us a different idea of what he thinks the time frame is. So we can work out a number of different things from this one little piece of information such as, you know, how long the world has been in existence in his mythology, when the first, second, and third ages were, and a approximate time frame for the fourth, fifth, and sixth ages, and of course, by saying it's 1960 of the seventh age, he is clearly relating the seventh age to birth of Christ onward. And one of the notes that Karl Hostetter in uh, editing this book put in there. He has an appendix where he goes through a bunch of different metaphysical ideas that play into this, and he notes the fact that, according to medieval Catholic thought, the world was divided up into seven ages. Tolkien is therefore kind of borrowing from this concept, but he's not mirroring it. And that needs to be noted because it's really important, because the concept of the seven ages in medieval Catholic thought are definitely not the same as the ages that Tolkien is presenting in his Middle-earth mythology. Because according to the Catholic medieval view, 
The sixth age is the one that we're in now, since the birth of Christ, not the seventh. And possibly this is a slip on Tolkien's part. Maybe he meant to say sixth. Or maybe he had a different idea of how the ages should play out, based on a different idea of how all these things work. Because, you know, the fact that this was the view in medieval, the medieval period, doesn't mean that that was the view that Tolkien necessarily held, or even that the Catholic Church adheres to officially. So, it's not 100% clear how close this is supposed to tie in, but I checked the Wikipedia page just to get an idea of how this worked in the medieval thought, and generally speaking, the first age would have been from Adam to Noah, the Great Flood. Second age would have been from Noah to Abraham. Then you have Abraham to King David. Then you have David to the Babylonian captivity. You know, so that takes us through the end of the fourth age, and none of those match up well with anything like what we know about the first three ages of Middle-earth. They just, they really don't. You can't really reconcile any of that. It actually would have been kind of neat if the drowning of Numenor had matched up with the Noatian Flood, because then you actually have two very parallel events, but that's not what we get, so ignoring that. So, he's not exactly mirroring this, this old idea, but he's certainly borrowing from it, and it gives us some information. So, what are some of the things that we can work out about you know, these previous ages, when they were, and things like that. Well, for starters, if the year 310 of the First Age was about 16,000 years ago, then the First Age is about 14,000 BC. That's a long time ago, and, you know, most of what we think of as human history only really happened in the last four to 5,000 years. All of the empires that rose and fell, all of that kind of stuff that we mostly learn about in world history, ancient history even, mostly happen within the relatively recent past, even by that standard. Now, based on kind of a, just a quick internet search, because I'm not that familiar with really ancient history, but according to a couple of things I found on the internet, some of the things that were happening around 14,000 BC were some of the first written texts that we have any evidence of in cuneiform, and also the migration of proto-Indian or proto-Native American peoples into the American continents from Asia. So, these are the kind of things that would have been happening about 14,000 BC compared to what we see going on. Of course, there's really no indication of any of that because what happens in Tolkien's universe is all focused on what would be the Western European or even West of Western European you know, land masses, because Beleriand sinks after the end of the First Age. So what happens over in East Asia traveling to the Americas is completely off the radar for Middle-earth, what we know of Middle-earth. And, you know, as far as the first written things we know about, that's, you know, conceivable. We don't really know how much writing was going on even in Middle-earth because elves had long memories. They didn't tend to write a whole lot of stuff down until the wars began so that actually kind of lines up, oddly enough. So that's interesting. But then, of course, we can also kind of piece together from this information when the Second and Third Ages were. The, the Second Age is about 3441 years long, 3,441 years. The First Age is about 590, roughly. The First Age is a little bit tricky because he never finished a a set of annals that really details here's from year one 
from elves leaving Valinor to the year that it, you know, the first age ended. He never really settled on one of those like he did for the second and third age, which are covered rather in detail in the appendices to the Lord of the Rings. He did have some annals that definitely covered some of this stuff, but it, it it's not clear what he finally settled on, but 590, good enough guess. So the first age is pretty short, unless you count all the period from when the elves awake and all that stuff. But I'm, for purposes of what we're doing here, I'm counting it from when the elves left Valinor and began their war against Morgoth. Because that's, everything before that is just, that's, that covers a huge long period, depending on what he settled on for how, you know, how long a Valian year is versus an Earth year. Which could vary from the Morgoth's ring material to 10 Valian year, 10 Earth years per Valian year to, in the nature of Middle-earth, 104 regular years to a Valian year. So, I mean, you vastly expand the time scope there, and that's not even worth thinking about in terms of measuring, because by the time we get past that, there's certainly no recorded history on Earth as we know it anyway. If the first written documents we have are 14,000 B.C., why are we even caring about what happened 50,000 years before that? That's just not even... Let's not even go there. But that tells us that, you know, roughly the 14,000 mark is when, 14,000 BC mark, is when the first age would have ended, give or take a few hundred years. That means the second age would have covered roughly the years from 14,000 BC to about 1350, I'm sorry, not 1350, 1150, no, 1050, 10,500, I should say, uh, BC. And at that point, we're starting to get into, you know, the rise of civilizations. Third Age is another 3,021 years, so that takes us almost to 7,000 BC, and that leaves us with, you know, the other about 7,300-ish years that cover the 4th, 5th, and 6th Ages. And, of course, we know, based on his comment about the 7th Age, which tells us when that began with the birth of Christ... The Sixth Age has to end at the birth of Christ. So we've got roughly 7,300 years for the Fourth, Fifth, and Sixth Ages with no real clear dividing lines that we can use to figure out how those would have been delineated in his time scheme. But it means, on average, they would have had about 2,400, 2,500 years apiece. How that gets divvied up, eh, who knows, because First Age, 590, Second and Third Ages... 3,000 plus. So, I mean, that leaves a wide scope for the way these things could vary, but a lot is going to happen within that time frame because, I mean, we're talking 7,000 BC at or better up until the birth of Christ. We're still talking about a lot of history that isn't included in most of what we remember as far as, you know, the rise of empires, you know, the nation of Israel and all their stuff. You know, the Roman, the Babylonian, the Assyrian, the Egyptian empires even. You know, the Egyptians were doing their thing for a long time. But we've got all these empires that rose and fell, starting from like halfway in between there and going on. And I'm ballparking it. I'm not trying to give specific dates here. But it's really interesting because Tolkien just kind of, you know, in thinking about, hmm, when would men have to have arisen for me to make this work? And he even notes in there, like, this doesn't match what scientists say, but it's enough to get the population, so whatever, who cares. 
Uh, he doesn't say it like that, obviously, but that's more or less what he means. Is like it's 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 not enough to match up with with the scientific consensus, but eh, it it suffices to get me the population that I need, so it works for the story. So he's you know just working out how am I going to make this work so that I can actually have hundreds of people marching into Balerion in the year whatever in the first age and have had them you know had a fall had multiple groups splinter off of the fallen group and try to move to the west over who knows how many generations you know he's trying to work all this out and then he just drops this comment about well we're in the 1960 of the seventh age and that means this would have been about 16,000 years ago and you're just wait what he told us that it's crazy it's absolutely crazy so from this we get to work out all these little details and at the end of the day does it really tell us a whole lot more than what we already knew eh not really I mean in one sense it kind of doesn't matter because the whole point of it is it never really happened but it was a theoretical you know history but it's still kind of neat that he actually had that thought in his mind because I know certainly I did, and I'm sure many other Tolkien fans had the idea in their head, okay, if this is supposed to be a mythic prehistory of, you know, Western Europe, when did it happen? Like, how long ago would this have had to have happened? And then the history we know from, you know, our own archaeological studies and whatever, whatever we can find out that way, how much time passed between those two things? Because, I mean, if you think about it, the Elvish culture and civilizations that would have been present would have to be utterly wiped out to the point where we couldn't have found them in what, you know, searching we've done. I mean, we found some old civilizations that a lot of us, a lot of people thought were mythic. You know, like Troy was for a long time believed to be just a story, and then they unearthed it. I mean... So, you know, maybe they find an elvish thing under the earth someday, but, I mean, not really, but you would think that if these major civilizations had existed in the way that Tolkien describes them, because the Numenorians, especially, are described as being pretty well advanced technologically in terms of what they can do with architecture and all this other stuff, that kind of stuff doesn't just go away. There would have to be major upheavals or a lot of time passing before all traces of those civilizations had passed. And now Tolkien actually gives us an idea of how much time that would have been. Like, from the end of the Third Age, there's another 7,000 plus years before the birth of Christ, and then certainly a lot more time before anybody starts doing archaeology. So, you know, we're talking 8,000 plus years before anybody even tries to find these civilizations. Is that enough time to wipe away all possible traces? Eh, maybe, but it's certainly enough that you could never prove otherwise, and so Tolkien, by happenstance or on purpose, puts himself in a safe kind of place there. And I don't know if his, you know, matching up with the first written documents we have in cuneiform was intentional or not, but that's kind of a cool coincidence, whether or not it was intended, because that works surprisingly well. So, Tolkien actually does give us this really cool idea of when these events all happen, and that's neat. Uh, there are probably other things you could figure out mathematically based on this. I haven't done all the possible calculations one could do, and, you know, part of the point of this video is 
you know, there's so much more we could think about in these terms. So if you've got other things that you'd like to try to figure out, like how this might work, put them in the comments. And if you have ideas for how the fourth, fifth, and sixth ages might have ended and begun, you know, how those might have been divided up based on actual world history, those might be interesting too. I'm just not, I have so many other things to do. I don't have that much time to go back and restudy all the history I learned years ago and have mostly forgotten. So I haven't done all that and I'm not going to do that. But if anybody out there is a real history buff and thinks they can pin that down, love to hear those ideas. Anyway, if you enjoyed this and want to hear more stuff about Tolkien, then please do subscribe, hit that bell icon so you get all of the notifications. You can please also like and share the video around for other people that might be interested to know just how long ago the first age was. You can also find me on Odyssey and Rumble and catch podcast versions of these. And you can follow me on Twitter at JRRTLore for some occasional Tolkien-related trivia questions. And finally, you could support me over at Patreon. Until the next time, I'm the Tolkien Geek, signing out for the Tolkien Lore Channel. Namariye.